Hello, you're listening to the SES Podcast Show, a podcast that inspires engineers to make meaningful projects and pursue their passions. My name is Rodney Osodo and I'm, I'm a mechatronics student. I'm sitting down with engineering students to talk about their process, the lessons they have learned to make an impact. Good afternoon, listeners. I hope your week is going on well. Today we'll be talking about computer-aided manufacturing. I have my guest, Michael Kimani. He'll introduce himself. Uh, good afternoon, listeners. I'm Michael Kimani. I'm a fourth-year mechatronics student at JWAT. Yes, and I've, I've always been interested, before even before I joined campus, of how, how to produce fine finishes. Like, uh, like if you see parts of a motor vehicle, parts of an engine, and yes, I've also worked with, I've also done some rocketry. Uh, so I've produced some parts of the rocket. And all along, I've been interacting with machining components manually and using machines. So, Michael, can you like give us a brief description of the some of the projects you've done uh, concerning machining? So some of the projects I've done using machining, so one of them was making a spool valve. Uh, I've also made a hexagonal latch uh, using a machine. And also, uh, I've also used done, done a plumb bob. And oh, the three above, uh, especially for the nut and the plumb bob, I first machined them using a lathe manually, with, using just a lathe with no automation or something like that. And then the nut and the plumb bob. And then I also machined them in a CNC lathe. And also, recently, I have machined a motor casing for a rocket, yes, using a CNC lathe machine. So let's say, for example, the spool valve, what are some of the operations you did to it before it, become, it became a spool valve? I assume you took it from, a, let's say, a tube, then you machined it to become a spool valve. And so it's a, you use your initial workpiece as a billet. Yes, and so you have to go through various operations, so like facing and then turning. So you by facing, you reduce, you of course, you produce a fine finish, while also you reduce the length. And turning, you reduce the, you reduce diameter. the diameter. Uh, and let's say for the nut, because I assume this was a different machine, not the CNC lathe. So which machine are you using? For, for the nut, we use the CNC milling machine. So how, how do you actually get the like you get the hexagonal shape? What's so the procedure? The procedure basically uh, the sweet thing about computer aided machining is that you you first of all you as most of you have probably had before there is it's joined with another word called CAD. So CAD CAM. So you design it and so what's what that's what CAD is you design computer aided design. And then now you import the document into the into your machining software whereby you perform the cam. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what about the motor casing? Because this, I I, I assume you now did it on the CNC lathe. Yes, the motor casing basically uh, on the CNC lathe. Uh, it uses it uses also it's basically the same thing. You use CAD cam, but so for the motor casing using the CNC lathe, you come up with a two D drawing. Of so you of you so you have to also visualize you visualize your motor casing you come up with a two D drawing 
and then you export. So when you when you after designing, there is a process called post process whereby you generate the G codes and the M codes. So if any one of you has not heard of G codes and M codes, so basically these are the machine commands. So in terms of position and speed and tool change, yeah, so uh, you come up. So these are what you feed into your CAM software. And then now it starts machine. Uh, so I think we didn't actually define what a computer-aided manufacturing is to the listener. What, what is computer-aided manufacturing and why is it important to any machinist? Okay, I'd go. So I'd go first of all, like before, before computer-aided machine, machining existed, so if you really, if you were a machinist back then and you, okay, pause, let's say in your workshop you only had lights, it will take a very long time for mastery. Let's say like it will take you 40 years to master computer, to master the machining process. But now with the computers, although they, they you know, machining is sort of an art still. And although now we introduce the computers, the machining art is still there. So basically what computer aided machining does it takes. You still have to go through the processes. Like if you have a if you have a billet, you have to know in your mind the processes you are going to take your machine, your component through, your workpiece through, and also so basically it combines the machining aspect with the design aspect. So it brings them together such that you'll import your design to the machining software, but also. Uh, 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 now it combines them, so it's basically a combination of mechanical and software to bring out the machining aspect. And so it now takes a shorter time for mastery. Although, in, although the manual machining, if you're a machinist, of course you want to start learning on a lathe, so that you can get like the idea, the basic idea of turning and facing and threading. But then, if now we've come with computer-aided machining, it will take you a lot less time, like let's say three or six months for complete mastery. So why is it important? Like, let's say for me, if I'm now currently using a, a, a normal lathe, so why would I want to use a computer numerically controlled lathe? So basically, first of all, uh, it will allow you, CAM uh, uh, softwares have a, have a functionality for simulation. So it will allow you to, to simulate your design before you actually, now after you design and you import it into the machining software, it, allow, it has a simulation feature whereby you'll see exactly how, exactly how the component will look when you're done with it. So it will help you reduce errors and also it also increases uh, the precision. So you'll have a very, very fine finish with the computer-aided machine. And it also seems because it's, it's, it will be faster because the process is automated, so it can allow you to produce more parts. And we can also think about it because computer-aided machining is wide. Talk about the wire, not only the CNC lathe or CNC milling, there's a computer-aided, there's a YDM, or even the PCB milling machine. So, uh, so for, for the listeners, just just a tips. Uh, like the machining have progressed from traditional using manual to numerically controlled met methods. So, from numerical controlled methods, you have branches. You have the computer numerical controlled. You have the autonomous thing. Also, the distributed control. So, back to my question. Let's say for welding, if you use a CNC, a computer numerical controlled welding machine, and there is also there is a person who knows welding, 
I'm pretty sure the person who knows welding and has done welding like an art can produce a very fine finish compared to the computer numerical control. Okay, not really. You cannot, you can't fault the computer because although it will still require, if one person, two people have the same skill set, and one of them uses the cam because the computer it still requires human input, right? So if both of them have the same skill set and one of them uses the cam, first of all there'll be less chance for error, and also it will take a shorter time. And so although the finishes might be almost similar, it'll take a shorter time definitely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So what? So in the I pick. Epic building. What what is the brand of the of the CNC machine? So at Epic, uh, which is at Jaquat Workshops, we have a Denford CNC lathe machine. Also, oh, what what is the let's say the design process before even starting to machine? How how do you design using the Denford application? Uh, so for the Denford application, you you first of all, of course, you launch it and then. You, it will ask you for the, the dimensions of your workpiece. So, like for the CNC, CNC, for the CNC lead machine at IPIC, it will allows it will ask you for the dimensions of your billet, which is basically a, a tubular workpiece. So it will ask you for the diameter and the length. So normally you want a workpiece that's a bit bigger than what your final what your final workpiece will be. So that because if let's say there's there's a high chance that your initial workpiece won't have such a fine fine smooth finish at the edges, so you want it a bit bigger so that you can turn it and then and face it so that you can have a finer finish. So yes, after that and then you go now into the into the drawing. So it will be a two D drawing. So you have to visualize your your grooves like or or your through holes. So you design it that way, and then after that, there is the options. Under the options, you have you go to tooling. So what you only need to do in tooling is you have to for the CNC machine or typing, you have to select the tools. Like you, some of them you have to sort of load them because although the machine knows that they are there, sometimes they can be unloaded. So you go to machine tooling, confirm what tools are there. And the number does the number also you need to know the number so you know what tools are there the number of tools and then as I said before being using cam doesn't mean that the computer will do everything for you you have to have that basic knowledge of machining so if you see your patch you'll have to know that here I'll have to use a facing tool I'll have to use a uh, drill bit and like let's say for instance let's say if you want to perform a drilling operation of 10 millimeters for a certain length, let's say. So you have to ensure, you have to ensure, but first of all, that your drill bit, uh, now physically, that your drill bit will allow for that, is long enough, unless, because if it's not long enough, the machine will just into it into the workpiece and then the drill bit will break, which is undesirable. So you have to make sure that the tools are there, yeah, and then so as long as, let's say you know you, know you need a boring tool, or a drill, a drill bit. So if, let's say you need to drill, like I was saying, you need to drill 10 millimeters. As a machinist, you know you, that you, do, you don't just go and drill 10 millimeters directly. So let's say if you need to drill 10 millimeters, you'll have to use a center drill. And then you, so you center, you sort of center punch or you create a, a passport. Sometimes people call it for drilling. They create a spot and then you go as you increase. So for 10 millimeters, you'll first of all, 
you spot, then you drill five millimeters, and then you drill ten millimeters. So I've heard you mentioning some technical jargons. Like I would like you to explain to the listeners what what is turning operation. So turning operations is basically so how this how even basically the lathe works, whether it's a CNC lathe or not, that the workpiece is usually rotating. So the workpiece moves in it's rotating in relative to the tool. So uh, such that when you bring the tool closer to the workpiece, uh, it will. So if it's a if it's a turning operation, you'll introduce the tool just next to the diameter. And now depending on the depth, so uh, as a as a workpiece rotates and the cutting tool, it will reduce the diameter. So you've introduced the diameter. And then next was facing. So for facing, you introduce it at the face, at the face of the at the face of the at the face of the workpiece, which means that now you'll you'll reduce the length of the workpiece while also producing a fine finish. So what about the parting parting off? Oh, parting off. So I I don't know if I hope the many listeners can relate with something called a nooring. Let's say you need or a part of is a it's a, how you create a groove. Let's say you have you have you have a workpiece like a tubular workpiece as we were saying, but then along it you don't want it to be just continuous. You want it to have like sort of a, a gap in the middle but not not a gap that's so deep so now you part of now that 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 small place that small area and then now you can insert something there like a ring for various purposes uh, what about the cent- center punching so because i had it's it's done before the drilling operation oh may i think i meant to say spot drilling mm-hmm. which is basically uh, for your drill so the center drill, it has a very sharp edge. And so you don't want like your drill to come because the feed will be very high at the start. You don't want your drill to come and feed directly into the workpiece because the most likely, because if you don't spot drill or create that spot, the, the drill will come and it will possibly veer off when it comes into contact with the workpiece. But now the spot drilling gives it a sort of, it directs the drill bit. So it will find like there's already a small a small hole, a small place where the drill bit will fall. Uh, what about boring, boring operation? So boring is basically... Oh, let's talk about the... Oh, drilling, drilling first, drilling uh, let's operation. Let's talk about uh, drilling. Drilling, as although I have used this word before in this podcast. So drilling is creating a hole. With by it's basically you remove material and then you create you create a hole for various purposes. Like let's say you need you can drill and then now later you thread so that you can fasten a screw or something like that. Yeah, what about now boring? Boring. So boring you can use it. Let's say if you have like a hole that's uh it's a so first of all if you have you no know, like a funnel shape hole. Or something like that. So first of all, you'll although you'll you'll first of all drill, and then so the boring will allow you to remove a lot of the material, and then at that that angle. So that isn't like that uh, taper turning. Okay, you can use taper turning at the workshop, but then you can also use a boring tool to remove that a lot of the material. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what about snarling? Snarling. Snarling. Uh, snarling is basically creation of threads. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. So, as we've seen, there are many different applications. So, can all these 
be done in the the Denford machine at IPIC? Yeah, for the Denford machine at IPIC, I haven't. It depends also with your with your tooling. Yes. So at the Denford machine at IPIC, I haven't seen a threading tool, but I have seen a basically they use they call it a a cutting tool that can do both facing end and turning. Turning. So yes. what does this cutting tool constitute? So at the front it has a it has a carbide tool. Carbide tool. Yes. So so why carbide, not let's say also oh, so still still also have carbon, mm-hmm. but not why why not let's say probably normal iron. Oh why not normal iron? Because uh, let's say carbide carbide tools are, are first of all heat resistant and the main reason why they are used is because they are wear resistant. And therefore, it will allow you to use the tool for a long time before before the tool breaks or is exhausted, something like that. I also think they also they add carbon inside the let's say the iron to make steel. But the more the more carbon you add, the more the more it becomes stronger. So let's say for for steel, the one that you it's in material science, you're given around one to seven point five percent. But I think now this carbide. It, HSS, yes, it's HSS. Probably it's above above the seven point five. Yeah, it has a high carbon content. Oh, okay. So let's say what was your what was your what was your experience while working on the on the Denfrod CNC lathe? Uh, first of all, I can start with the pros. So uh, it was very good for because it produced it produced quite a fine finish. Compared to what I have done with the lead uh, at down there at the workshops, but then again, it was uh, it was there was problems sometimes because like the drill bit available at at IPIC was quite short, so at at some point we nearly we nearly broke the tool, and also uh, another issue I had with it it's not the it's not completely automatic. Such that you have to every at, after every operation you have to change your tools by hand. But let's say for example, like the CNC milling machine at the workshops, it's completely automatic. I think it. it's Siemens. Yeah, it's Siemens. It's by Siemens at the workshop, so it's completely automatic. Such that after you load, you put the tools in the magazines and you you put the workpiece and you load your program. Uh, now the tool change will be automatic. And also well, for the CNC <coughs> that I pick, it was not it was not very smart, if I may say so, because sometimes like it doesn't realize when when the tool won't be sufficient for the work. Like for that instance, if the drill bit is not as long as it should be, it'll just continue digging in and break the tool. Oh, oh I see. So it will like tend to the tool post will tend to go inside the workpiece. Yes, yes. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I see. So, what about? So, those are the pros and cons. Yeah, that, those are the pros and cons. I I think you've worked with the CNC milling machine. Yes, I have. So, what about it? How how was it? How was it compared to the semi-automatic one? So that one was a lot better, and it was it was it was so it's basically a milling machine, which now uses it's, although it you can use it to produce. The, the same workpiece, the, you can use it to machine the same workpiece as the CNC lathe, but that one was better for me because basically for the automatic tool change. And yes, that was the main selling point for me. 
So let's say for the automatic to tool change, what, what was like the mechanism it was using? So it will it is to hold the tools above, and then there will there will be an exchange after every after every after every operation is done. So it's like uh, they sort of rotate inside there, and then it clamps the the current tool and re- releases the previous one. Oh, okay, okay, see, see. Uh, some some let's say for the motor casing, compared to you doing it manually and now semi-automatically the CNC length. Yes. What what might be the difference in the finished product? So the difference in the finished product is that at the lathe you're more likely to make errors. Like there was some part where you're supposed to do the pattern. Uh, on the motor case, on the motor casing. So if you use the CNC machine, it will be faster, and then it will be uh, you'll have surely you'll have a finer finish because down at the lathe, because you're, you 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 are next to the workpiece. There's no protection between you and the workpiece. Therefore, you can't use like very high speeds at the work uh, down at the workshops at the lathe because if anything happened, then it will be very dangerous because the workpiece could hit you in the head or something like that. But now for the CNC machine, there is a you close the door for the CNC lathe, so you close the door while machining, which means that you can use very high speeds. And even if the workpiece comes off, like I remember, there's a time uh, the workpiece was there was a problem in the design, and so the workpiece at some time the workpiece will it somehow it will come off come off the tool post because yes, and then now so at that time it will just hit the door and then fall inside. But if you use like high, such high speeds down at the lake, if that workpiece comes off, then it's very serious. So what 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 are the benefits of using a high speed? Because I remember when I was still studying the workshop process, yes. you're using around five sixty RPM. But now at this CNC, I'm I'm told you using around two thousand RPM. Yes, or eighteen hundred RPM. Yes. So, so what is the difference? Yeah, basically the advantage, the 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 obvious advantage from of course if you use high speeds and high feeds, you're going to machine faster. But the main advantage of using high speeds and high feeds is that your high speeds mostly is that you're going to produce a fine finish. High speeds results in fine finishes, which is that's actually the the reason why the CNC produces a fine finish. Hey, what what about the issue with the cooling? Because these are fast. Both of them are so the the workpiece is moving at a very high speed, and now this one is at a low speed. So there has to be like friction. Yes. So, so how is the cooling done? So uh, for the for the uh, for the for the CNC machine, you the cooling is also automatic. Uh, by uh, although you can you can you can you can switch it on and off, and for and it's it's rapid because it's continuous. But at the lathe, I remember we had the coolant in bottles, so you had to keep on cooling with your hand. And then sometimes, let's say the coolant is is finished from the bottle. So there's that moment where you will have to machine without a coolant as you refill the bottle. Yes, but for the lathe, and then the lathe machine has, it sort of has a tank at the at the bottom, such that it allows for, can I say recycling or reusing? Reusing of the, of the coolant. Of the previous coolant. Yeah, of the previous coolant, such that, because it's, by using the coolant once doesn't mean that it can't be used again. 
So by by the CNC lathe machine typing as a sort of it has a mechanism for recycling the, the reusing the coolant, which is very good. So I was reading a research paper. There was there is a there is another way that you cannot use a coolant. Mm. There's a specific feed you achieve. So when the chips uh, tear off from the main workpiece, they they dissipate energy. So they move with the energy itself. So you don't need actually you actually don't need cooling. Okay. But also I think the point of contact will be still hot because of those high speeds. Yes. But what 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 is the coolant? What, can, can I use water or what is the coolant there? Uh, the coolant has to be the, basically it has to take away heat at very fast from from the from the from the workpiece. I don't think you could use water. Why not? <laughs> the the coolant has to have certain certain properties. Okay, which properties are those? I don't know. I can't name the properties right now, but I know I know the coolant has to have certain properties. Could you name a few? I I think uh, I think the level of viscosity matters because I think uh, let's say for an engine car they use oil. Yes, and Let's say, but sometimes they actually don't use oil per se because uh, there is it's usually water. Then you add some additives, so you top up with water until it finishes. Okay. So as we are wrapping it up, what what are your takeaway homes? So my takeaway homes from for computer aided machining is that there is so much more. I know, like for JQuad, basically because like the YDM machine at JQuad is it's broken, and for JQuad, like I don't, I don't, I haven't really been into the woodwork woodwork shop, but I don't think there's a CNC machine at the woodwork shop. But there's there's a lot more to CNC machining than what we have available, and which is still great. What we have is it's great because it gives you the basic understanding. But let's say like for the there's a CNC router. There's a CNC router that you can use for woodwork. And then it produces like I don't I hope the users have seen. Like if you walk into an office and then there's there's like engraving on a wooden board. Or yes, it's uh, now you can use a CNC router to produce such fine finishes from wood. Or like for let's say for PCB design, because you can't like recently for the rocket project we were doing, we had to use etching. For one, because the milling machine at JQuad was broken, but you can imagine now uh, if you had to, let's say, if you are selling those those prototyping boards, it will be very difficult for us to etch each one and every one of them. But now, for if now for the if you, the PCB machine milling machine is functional, so you just do your design and then you load you load it into the into the cam. By uh, first of all, you post the process, of course. So you develop the GABA files, and the, it's basically the same thing, like the base, the the same process. Because now, what you load, you load into the you load it into the computer aided machine software, and then it will just do the machine for you very fast in terms of minutes. But to etch a very, uh, quite a small board will take you almost over an hour, which now is it which can be can be time wasted. Oh, okay, okay. So I think we are done for that. So if you have any questions, please drop them in the comment section. Also remember to give up to give us a thumbs up. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye.
Uh, bye. Thank you. I've been your guest, Michael.